0: The Incomparable, number 556, March 2021.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and I can't believe it, but we we sort of reached the end of the Miyazaki Club, the last feature For film now. to be covered by The Incomparable from Hayao Miyazaki, unless he, you know, makes another movie, which he apparently has, because he's retired a bunch of times and he's come back. But until then, anyway, we've reached the last one on our list. It's Porco Rosso. It's a movie about a flying pig. Joining me to talk about Porco Rosso are uh, the members of our Miyazaki Club. Steve Lutz is here. Hello.
2: Oh, you guys watched Porco Rosso? <laughs> I watched <laughs> Profondo Rosso. Oh, Jeez. No. I was wondering why it was live action and there were all those murders. It didn't seem very Miyazaki-like.
1: According to the many different languages at the beginning of the movie, it's actually Ooh. Crimson Pig. Crimson Pig, yes. Mm. Uh, Moises Chuyan also
3: joins us. Hello. I, I would rather be a pig than a fascist, it turns out. Mm. Turns <laughs>
1: out. Gene McDonald is here. Hi.
0: Hi. I did find that there was a, a sad lack of uh, Vino Rosso. Or not black, huh. but there should have been more Vino Rosso and Porco Rosso. But there
2: that's... was quite a bit,
1: wasn't there? In the in the island speakeasy, whatever island Adriatic island uh, restaurant fortress garden. There,
2: there's, and on his little hideout table,
1: and yes, on his uh, little little hideout table, excellent, excellent, and of course the the man who's the really the reason, other than Miyazaki, the other man who's the reason we're all here. It's John
4: Syracuse. Uh, hello. And this motion picture is set over the Mediterranean Sea in an age when seaplanes ruled the waves. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. That's what I heard. That's what I
4: heard. Oh, yeah. That was the film's opening
2: statement.
1: Porco Rosso is a movie about a World War One fighter pilot who is a pig. We it's mentioned at a couple points. Surely this isn't the weirdest thing well, that you've run into. It's kind of a, in this movie so okay. I thought this was gonna be a movie with talking animals in it, and it is not. Mm. It is a movie. I mean, <laughs> there's there's one. It's a movie where there's all humans and then a guy who's been turned into a pig and uh in terms of how he why he is a pig and how he got turned into a pig at a couple points in the movie somebody says something like guess you shouldn't have gotten yourself cursed into being a pig huh and yeah, I mean,
2: that's it I mean it happens <laughs> it doesn't matter
3: it's not important this movie started out as a short film that was being sponsored by an airline, and it was going to be played on airlines. And they were like, hey, Miyazaki-san, make a short film about planes. And he was like, and you're going to pay God. me? You're going to pay <laughs> me? Okay. Um, and and the ideas for it came out of a column that he had in, uh, in a magazine called Model Graphics Magazine. Um, and it, the earliest sketches and earliest uh, thoughts and ideas were things that he was working out in a serialized column, serialized comic strip style story that he was telling there. And he just like the idea of a flying pig.
1: Obviously his big idea here
4: is there's there's a
1: fighter pilot. He's a pig.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean but but like that's not really the big idea. Like that's that's in the movie, but as you noted the movie has very little interest in the whole pig angle and has a lot more interest in these sort of moody angst of, you know <laughs> I don't agree, John. I, I what I don't mean is to say there there is a fighter pilot who's a pig. Why is he a
1: pig and how did he become a pig? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there was an image and it was a pig
4: flying a plane <laughs> and he was like i'm gonna make a movie with that in it that's what the movie's gonna be and everything follows from that i mean i mean he did find an angle to get on the pig thing where it's like well you like many of his movies you can imagine that allegorically maybe the guy is not really a sure. pig, but he is yeah. he's obviously very disenchanted with his you know his war experience and how, yep. how many friends he's lost and you know that's all what this movie is about mixed in with air pirates and and people punching each other in waste sure. deep water and all that other stuff.
2: I find it's always
3: difficult to find an angle to get on the pig thing for me, but that may just be me. <laughs> Later in the movie, you know, we get the backstory of, uh, you know, of who he was. We get the vignette of him and Gina when they were younger. We get that Gina had gotten married to his pal who died in the war. Right. Um. You know, so we, we get the exposition loaded at the back and we just start the movie. It's just uh, a-
1: yeah. You shouldn't have gotten cursed
3: then. Producer Toshio Suzuki said that uh, whenever uh, people would ask Miyazaki-san, why did he become a pig? Why was he made into a pig? During the making of the movie, he just responded brusquely, that's the stupidest question. Like, why Why would you ask that question? Who cares?
2: <laughs> it's like asking why he turned into Darth Vader. Who cares? Why does he fly a plane? <laughs> Pretty much the same answer.
4: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the answer's in the movie, Jason. Pigs gotta fly. Pigs gotta fly. Pigs gotta fly.
1: Our hero, Porco Rosso, the Crimson Pig. Mm-hmm. He is a bounty hunter, essentially. He is fighting off air pirates uh, in the Adriatic Sea in the space between World War I and World War II. Um, the fascists have risen in, in Italy, but he's not in Italy. He's like living, hiding out in an island in the Adriatic Sea. And there's the the nice uh, lady who runs the restaurant that's also sort of, I think, in lawless sea land. And Honestly, you know, if you didn't know this was a Miyazaki movie, you would have, it, it takes one shot in the movie because yeah. <laughs> the first shot of this movie is an airplane and you're like, oh yeah, okay, all right. And, and there have never been more airplanes or clouds in a Miyazaki movie than in Porco Rosso. This is just a love letter to clouds and airplanes.
4: It's not just an airplane in that opening shot, but it's an airplane in one of the coziest places you can imagine. His little, his little cove oh, there. His little away. hideout grotto is the best. It is. <laughs> That is a Miyazaki location, if ever there was one.
2: I'm not sure how he got a a working phone out there, but it's... Yeah,
4: you you don't think about where that wire goes. (laughs) The wire leads away off screen, but presumably it connects to something on the other side of the island. He's tapped
1: into, there is a switch. Yeah, on the other side of the island, there's like a a little like a phone switch box that he's tapped into. That's right. And he hangs out there and it's just like him and his little folding table and his chair and his boat is floating on a makeshift uh, little dock. Uh, attached to the little dock, and he just kind of hangs out there drinking and smoking until uh, the phone call comes. That magazines says, about cinema. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to. We need your help, Porco Rosso. The uh, the the pirates are are striking, and you need to take care of the the awful seaplane pirates. The the Mama Ayudo gang has struck again, which does happen very early in this movie. That he has to he has to get called out. But this is the world we live in, right? Okay, all the, all the download we get at the beginning of this movie is. There's a there's a pigman. <laughs> he has a plane. He fights pirates because in this world there are plane pirates, and he has a cool lair, basically.
4: Uh, and, and also, uh, they they establish the kind of movie that's going to be when the air pirates, you know, are, are you know attacking this this pleasure cruise mm. ship, right? And they take the little kids as hostages, and then there is a you know a battle that ensues, and you learn this is the type of movie where. Children aren't really going to be in peril, and the explosions are a lot like they are in Castle of Cagliostro, where it's like, okay, things blow up, but there's not really that much actual danger. It's kind of cartoon violence. It's kind of serious, but not really. And the movie, you know, establishes that in many ways up front, including the, the cute little map animation when uh, Porco explains what the air pirates are going to do to trick them, and they show the little oh, map with yeah. the little cartoon characters, right? It's, it's that contrasted with the most lovingly rendered airplanes clouds and sea that you've ever seen
0: <laughs> that yeah. is the other thing about his opening introduction is that he's interested in money or at least he wants people to believe he is and he you know that's going to cost you a lot and when they say but there are schoolgirls on this boat <laughs> that you have to say is this oh that's going to cost you even more. <laughs> well, he has to fund his lifestyle. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know. His
4: plane does need repairs. It's true. That's the other thing we established earlier on, is you have, he has a cool plane, and it's in need of repairs. Right. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the impression yeah. I get is that it is, he's asking for that amount of money because he knows his plane's going to get shot up, and he's going to have to go to Milan again right. and have his whole plane fixed, and that costs a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, he literally gets
1: a duffel bag full of bills
2: and then <laughs> hands <laughs> the entire bag over
1: to the guy who's going to fix his plane and says, this is not enough. You will owe me even more money right. than this. In-
2: inflation, <laughs> yeah. it's killer. You yeah. can owe me. And hes in fact, when he brings all of his, his riches to the bank to deposit, he's paying off a loan right then, too. Yeah. So he's living loan to loan, really. Yeah. I really enjoy in this opening sequence, they try to do a dramatic reveal of the fact that he's a pig, for those who missed the poster <laughs> on their way mm-hmm. into the theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's... he's sleeping under a magazine, and he answers the phone under the magazine and talks underneath it for the first, like, 30 seconds while he's working out his his bargain with whoever it is. We're never told who it is exactly that's calling for this bounty, but uh, and then, you know, the magazine t- slips off his face, and we see his, his hideous pig visage revealed. And his
4: adorable pig ears.
2: Can
1: you imagine, there's some, somebody in the theater like, stands up and is like, what? It's He's a pig? I'm out of here. <laughs>
4: that's a bridge too far, Pigs don't fly
1: planes. Oh,
4: yeah, this is This is another one of the characters that looks kind of like Miyazaki. There's a bunch of them in his movies, but this one, if you squint, looks a lot like Miyazaki.
2: Boy, that's poor Miyazaki. I mean, another hallmark of the Miyazaki film, as we've noticed over the years, is the distressing close-up of an animal of some sort. And this time it gets to be the main character. (laughs) Uh I think the mustache is what disturbs me the most. It
3: just doesn't, it's not right. He, Something not right about that mustache the mustache is the perfect detail it 's not just that he has he has the face of a pig that that 's just the the perfect little Italian World War one fighter ace. Uh, flourish to put onto it. I, yeah. I think. I think this doesn't work without the mustache. He he became a pig, but he kept his mustache. You see, but, but he got those
4: adorable <laughs> ears. They're very cute. Yes, though. it's true.
2: It's it's just such an odd juxtaposition between you know his gigantic pig teeth and this little pencil thin mustache yeah. that's waving around, kind of like it's not really attached to his face. His
0: gigantic human teeth in his mouth. I mean. <laughs>
2: I would say this is actually a fairly
1: straightforward film, other than yeah, the fact that the main is a pig. Yeah. It's yeah. unsettlingly
3: normal. Well, That's I mean, the problem. I, th- I
4: think the tone the tone matches much more, like I said, with Castle Cagliostro and maybe a little bit of Castle in the Sky, and that it has a little bit of that, you know, cartoon reality, cartoon physics, cartoon conflict, where there are emotions and atmosphere, which is what elevates this. Like the that more adult stuff is definitely there. But the bones of the movie are dorky kid fun. With yeah. you know, I feel like uh, kids who are watching this aren't getting the ennui, right? right, and then adults who are watching it may dismiss it because of the silly cartoon violence and silly conflict.
3: And and they're straight up tributes to Gertie the dinosaur cartoons, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse and Minnie, or Oswald. Yeah, plain crazy. Um, but then, like the the fist fight at the end. Is a full-on Popeye short. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's it's Popeye and Bluto.
2: It's like it's like that mixed with They Live, except he's already wearing the glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. That's that's pretty horrific. Um, all right, so
1: in this first block, the the pirates. Um, we've talked about them a little bit. I just want the Ma, the Mama Ayudo gang. The um, mom helps. I I love <laughs> I love this because it does set the tone. Because first off, it it sets that this world is not. You know, it's not our world. It's it's close, but it's not because it is this sort of swashbuckling. Like people, they're they're like all these pirates with their own seaplanes, and they are going to do things like, "Aha, we're going to get the schoolgirls here and all of that." And yet, also the tone is. are you seaplane pirates, mister?
4: Yeah, kid, yeah, that's what we the run rampant right? on the plane and they can't control them. <laughs> are, are,
2: are we
3: Are we taking all of them?
2: I love them, like, yanking the ammo out of the boxes right, and t- waving grenades, grenades around. you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because these are comedy pirates. Like, these True. are not scary pirates. They may they may yeah, be well, doing yes. crimes like, like Castle in things. in
2: the Sky, they're comedy pirates. They, well, they very gently Absolutely. hand the children over from the boat to the plane, one yeah. by one, as they're each asking their questions. It's adorable.
0: Yeah, there's yeah. no terror. There's definitely this uh, school girls, or little girls in Miyazaki movies really have nothing to be afraid of.
2: No. Except, you know, ponds.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, I found these shoes in there. Uh, no, oh, no. Um, the, it's okay. Uh, here's, here's some corn, Jason. It's yeah, okay. Oh, good. Oh, it's fine. It's
4: fine. Yeah, they're, they're rescued by by him shooting at the plane containing all the little kids. Yes. Like that really tells you where we are in this. Like He fires many, many bullets into the plane carrying an entire crop of little kindergarten girls. Well, he and they're concentrates fine. concentrates fire on the engine. And, uh-huh. and, he, yeah, and no, he it's knocks, And their tail breaks <laughs> off. That's also fine. Again, to knock the tail off a plane that's flying with a bunch of little kids in it that you're supposed sure. to be rescuing. No, it doesn't come off until they land. It's fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he timed that perfectly. I
1: like the moment where where he, they get the signal from the pig and they're doing a little uh, little light signal thing, and it's like you have to give us the gold and the and the hostages, the little girls. But I'll let you keep some money so you can repair your plane.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like an, it's a gentleman's agreement between the pirates <laughs> and the bounty hunters in this in this lawless area.
3: Yeah. And then the pirates are like, no, that sucks, but uh, that's pretty generous of him and pretty agreeable, yeah. honestly. And then after the leader tries to shoot at him, everybody else is like, no, we're, we
2: surrender. We surrender. <laughs> we <laughs> surrender. Oh, They're those standing there with the pirates. white flags at the ready in case his gun jams. And sure enough, it does.
1: <laughs> All right, let's take a break from Miyazaki for a moment from the land of air pirates to instead talk about scary internet people. Because this episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by Express. VPN. Now, in the real world, if you're looking for privacy, you close a door. But online, we leave doors open wherever we go. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like never closing doors behind you. Your internet service provider, whether it's Comcast or Verizon or anybody else, they can monitor you. They can, if they choose, know every single website you visit. If they want to, they can also sell that information or aggregate it, pass it on to ad companies, other tech companies, ExpressVPN takes them out of the equation by creating a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet that doesn't go through your ISP. All the ISP sees is encrypted data. And that means your online activity will not be monitored as it moves across the network like that. I've been using ExpressVPN for quite a while now. I have it installed on my iPad. I love it. One tap and I've got a secure connection from wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. It does work on iPads, it works on phones, it works on laptops, it even works on routers. So everyone who shares your Wi Fi can be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN themselves. And the best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the door. Like I said, one tap on my iPad, fire up the app on your computer, you click one button and that's it. You're protected. And it's the world's number one rated VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and many others. So if you think your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com Snell today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com Snell, my last name, and you can get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com Snell. Thank you to ExpressVPN for supporting The Incomparable.
3: Of the various dubs that are out there, this is one of the better Ghibli English dubs that, that went down under Disney. Um, where the Sky Pirates are, are led by Brad Garrett, who sounds perfect. Yeah, he's doing the same voice he did like a
1: year later on the Tick. It's it's a great little yeah. comedy villain voice. It's uh, he's he, he's sort of frustrated the whole time. He's like, all right, <laughs> it's good. It's
3: a good it's a good dub voice. The reason the dub overall works as well as it does to me is that they don't just have a number of well, I mean, you know, they they have Michael Keaton as as the pig, and they got Carrie Elwes yep. as the as the jerk. Uh, Hollywood movie guy, mm-hmm. uh, but they have a real solid all star cast of total ringers. I just wanted to pick that out um, because when when you can when you go, was that Squidward? Yes, that was Squidward. Um, was that SpongeBob? Mm-hmm. That was SpongeBob, just doing a very different voice. There's a,
1: an American Curtis who is there and is going to, I guess, protect the pirates or something like that, and he's 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 a jerk. And yeah, that's Carrie Elwes in the English dub. And then the uh, we also meet the uh, the lady who runs this establishment and also sings and. We get a whole musical number
2: in French in this yeah. kids' movie, uh, which I think is an interesting choice. Honestly, sung in a Japanese movie in an Italian hotel. Well, it's in the Adriatic somewhere, so it's not technically Italy. One of the things I like about Miyazaki and that I've
1: noticed over the years is that he really does have a fasc- fascination with Europe. And so, in this movie, he's pulling out all the stops for European things. So he's got the he's got this. Uh, this restaurant, and she's singing in French, and we go to Milan later. And like yeah. he likes because fascism, and there's yeah, you know the 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 fascism, well, European fascism, classic, classic. <laughs> Uh, so, so I think that's interesting though, that she, she gets her song and it, it's a, you know, it's that classic, uh, kind of thing of the, this is like the outlaw restaurant and the, although they're awfully casual, it's like all the pirates go there.
4: Even like Porco Rosso is there, the pirates that he shot down yeah. are there. The guys There's no gonna... fighting within 50 miles of that place. It's the neutral zone. Yeah. So we'll right? right? have to hang it's, out yeah. and, and, and listen to the sad songs of the, of the, uh, you know, beautiful woman who you can always tell has an inner sadness that just never goes away. You're here
2: to eat, not fight. Well, the, the song is, is shorthand. I mean, she doesn't have a lot of scenes, Gina, and she's, her character isn't super fleshed out. So this is the... You know, everybody loves her because she's a Chantouse and you know, we just, and she's had we three husbands. The they all died in the war. Yeah, and <laughs> when we when we pan over to that picture of the old days on the wall, there's her and Marco and three other pilots, which makes me wonder: <laughs> is she working her way through all of them? I
4: mean, if they keep dying, what are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> so when she talks to Marco, who is the real name of uh, Porco Rosso, what a conversation for us to to jump in on because it's literally like, well, they found the. The, they finally found my third husband's dead body.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been married to three dead pilots. Wow. He's like, oh,
4: news to me. And also, he, so so Porco is upstairs in the special private upstairs room. Yes, where he can sit and eat in peace. And it occurs to me while he's eating there, does Porco eat pork?
0: i t- was you know, gonna say the same thing it looks like when they fish showed the me, dish yeah i said this I, can't be a pork dish yeah, i think a,
4: it was fish but what i'm saying is I porco's so, comfort too. in just eating the same food he ate when he was human really sure. makes you question things well he's italian mm. so yeah. almost certainly he's eating pork mm-hmm. almost mm. certainly makes you True. think though mm. porco loves ham
3: mm. oh i love it, the spaghetti but uh i hold the meatballs yeah
1: <laughs> this is the moment where we find out everything you need to know about why he's a pig. Which is, hey, that's the
4: only picture left of you as a human. Stupid curse. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to important things. And he's got the face scribbled out. He was so he was so angry about being turned into a pig. He scribbled out his own face. Well, yeah.
2: do you think that he scratched out his own face, or did somebody else scratch it? I think his face? he did
4: it. Oh, he, he did. I it.
2: think he did it. Yeah, yeah I think. That
4: I think she the, says he I mean, did he, it, but
0: I,
2: I kind
4: of read taste that. for that picture. But yeah. uh, he well, may have scratched knows. out before he was a pig. You know, he's also a ladies' pig, because he does whisper to the ladies a little bit when he's down there. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, mentioning her her three dead husbands, um, you know, oh, but but her heart has always been there for Marco. Um, well, he's the fourth. He's the they're, fourth in that picture. He's the last to live. It's
4: kind of, at a certain point, kind of like, uh, like what's her name? Fletcher. It comes a little bit uh, suspicious when all her husbands yeah. keep dying. Yeah, He's
3: the only it, one that hasn't shown up at her secret garden yet. Pilots <laughs> she killed. Her web. There's a Blumhouse remake in this where she is she's serially murdering. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a black widow type.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's night, Deadly Nightshade. In mean, remake? In that, in that that's garden. in the text of this
2: movie.
0: She <laughs> has a very fancy hotel uh, for um, a young woman who ha- has apparently no other means than she's been widowed three times.
4: Yeah, it is a beautiful another beautiful miyazaki location so we've got uh, a hideout and then we've got this beautiful hotel on an island where seaplanes pull up like this is all just straight out of his mind of things that he would love in real life my suspicion
2: is that gino was born into money because the hotel is the hotel adriano and in the flashback early on when she's riding behind what i presume is marco the plane Mm -hmm. itself is called the adriano so yes i'm guessing her plane and Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: we have more pirates. Uh, There's a a cruise ship attack that happens and we see all the different pirates that are going to team up to do it. And I love the shot of all the planes because all these pirates have like brightly colored... (laughs) Uh, planes. They're just, it's yeah. fun. Like, this is the way these are wacky pirates. Like, if you didn't already excuse know it.
4: used to draw a bunch of cool planes. Cool. think he's yeah. going to draw a bunch of identical <laughs> planes? No. Well, and not. then he
2: gets to draw a cruise ship with its own little hangar and its own oh, mini man. fleet yes. of flight, fighter planes. <laughs> of course. Cool.
3: And, and now, and now here come our own internal yes. flock of.
2: <laughs> it's fine, ladies That's and great. gentlemen.
1: Those are sky pirates, yes, but. What you don't know is that we have two cool planes with fold down wings that are going to ramp, zoom right off the little launcher ramp at the front of the ship. Yay. Oh, by yeah, the way, they get like shot If, if, get if shot air down.
4: piracy was was so common, it's like, I would have liked to have known that before booking the cruise, yeah, that, that, right? that, that air piracy is such a problem that you have your own fleet of planes internally.
3: So yes, everybody, make sure to get out on the deck and maybe get shot so that you can watch our pilots fly. It's not that kind of movie.
4: The bullets
2: yeah. don't find people. Yeah. Nobody gets
4: shot.
1: No, and they they do shoot shoot
4: down apparently the
2: two planes off camera, but yeah. they, we're
1: just told that. They
2: well, get shot. they don't. The, the 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 Weaselly American who is hiding in oh, the yes. sun comes down right. and descends right. and takes him out. Yeah, that that is a funny
1: moment where they're like, "Where is he? Oh, he's up in the sun." And I'm like, "Yeah, but you guys are in a long line. Only one of you sees him in the sun. <laughs> the rest of you, he's to the left or the right of the sun. But it's like, oh no, it's no, <laughs> very bright. He's in the sun. Okay, that's where he is right now." yeah um this is so they they call it's like we're coming for you porco rosso and like they call porco rosso and he's gonna take off and uh i just wanted to make a note this is i i, I was thinking of john in this scene because every now and then john will point out when we're talking about a miyazaki some incredibly this is like a hallmark of miyazaki incredibly de- detailed bit of movement that in that somebody else would just dash off as being like not important and for me, it's the scene where he pushes the plane off the beach and into the mm-hmm. water, and the the details in there of him of him pushing it and it's sliding and kind of bobbing and and going in the water, and then he and he then he walks out. It is delightful just to watch that, that mm-hmm. little scene and know yeah. all the detail work that went into it.
2: On the same front, I want to give props to the scene at the very beginning where he's taking the phone call and he subconsciously drags his little table closer to his legs just so he can set them up a little higher on the table, knocking <laughs> over the wine bottle in the process. It's a totally unnecessary sequence. Yep. And it's perfect, perfectly detailed and perfect for the character. It tells you an awful lot and a very little bit of... Little bit of animation.
4: Yeah, this movie doesn't have like the the luxurious backgrounds, like say Spirited Away had, where it's just hours and hours of background painting and complicated, uh, you know, st- stuff like that with the, with all of the sort of non animation work. But, you know, because these backgrounds are mostly blue sky, Hundreds of
1: watercolor clouds, John. I don't know what you're talking about. But
4: but it's not as complicated as, like, you know, Chihiro running through a a giant, you know, field of flowers or whatever. But all of the actual animation, every one of those airplanes is lovingly rendered. Every bit of machinery that someone's manipulating. I feel like the quality of the elements that are animated is up is of the highest standards that that Studio Ghibli has ever done it's just that the backgrounds are you know on a budget and sure. intentionally less sophisticated
3: i mean you look specifically at all of the flying sequences and and what they have to do to pull that off in terms of number of frames that they're putting in to create that fluidity of motion in the early 1990s with no computer assisted anything And I mean, it comes down to that small mechanical uh, motion and movement and mundane details of the effort that it takes um, to uh, to shove that thing off of its mooring and and get it and get it moving.
1: All right. One more break. Uh, And if I don't read this sponsor reading, I'm going to turn into a pig. Nobody wants that. Almost nobody wants that. So let me say that this episode is also brought to you by impending and impending is now hiring. Who is impending? They are a small team. They are shipping apps straight into pop culture like the top game five years in a row, Heads Up, where you try to guess the word on your forehead with clues from your friends. Oh, man. I have played that game so much. That has been a family classic for so many years now. And... No wonder that I've played it. Heads Up has been played billions of times around the world. It's generated a lot of laughter, developed by a team of just four at Impending, but they're looking for one more. They're looking to grow their team by hiring an engineer. Could that be you? It's full-time, salaried, with solid work-life balance and flexible vacation, and it's remote-friendly. I know that there are a lot of techie people out there who listen to The Incomparable. Maybe this is the job for you. Go to impending.com slash hiring for more info. That's impending.com slash hiring right now. Learn more about the remote-friendly engineering opportunity at Impending. That's one more time impending.com slash hiring or find the link in the show notes thank you to impending for supporting the incomparable and good luck to everybody out there you should try out for that job all right back to the show
4: we've talked about the different plot threads in this movie uh for the kids for the adults uh but one that we mentioned early on the, in the establishing shot of the movie that uh, there is a plane in need of repair i feel like that plot line is clearly very important to miyazaki it's just one of many <laughs> right. plot lines in the movie but the plane is in need of repair we get to intimately know this plane the characteristics of this plane how it behaves on certain conditions what's healthy about it what's not how it works the potential redesign of the plane how the new design works how Porco feels about the plane this plane has more character detail than gina by a factor of like 10 yeah uh, and it's yep. it's not really an important part of the movie but you could tell that as far as miyazaki is concerned establishing that there is a plane in need of repair and resolving that storyline is so much attention this movie is lavished on that plane, mostly inconsequential from a story perspective, unless you really, really care about the plane. But if you care about the shots are in there, the the character moments are in there, the plot points are in there. You could just ignore the whole rest of this movie and just say it's about that red plane. And I wonder how it's going to turn out. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I would say the strongest character at least in terms of just having a uh, of charisma and 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 character of any kind is is the engine that says ghibli on it ghibli. <laughs> <laughs> when they turn right. that damn thing on and it's like breathing fire and is blowing the roof off of the shed it's like oh man that thing is a force of nature look at and it the
4: character gives to the plane with the new airfoil design and how difficult it is to take off and we're worried oh, about it when it's leaking oil in the beginning and it gets shot up we, let's
1: shoot down this plane before we talk about that stuff the there is in the next <laughs> scene there are beautiful uh, another beautiful image by the way is the light streaming through the clouds onto the water the cloudy parts and the light parts of the water of the Adriatic beautiful and then we get mm-hmm. the scene where there's the battle in the sky and the, the our American ugh Americans they're the worst he mm-hmm. talks like a cowboy
2: yeah. yeah but he's kind of a lovable lug. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean he speaks Japanese yeah. in the original well I, yeah I know I know
1: but he's he's an American darn him and the um, and I just one note I had here is I love the fact that again in complete contravention of how reality
4: works the uh, pilots can all just shout at each other and hear perfectly <laughs> right. fine yeah yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's hilarious I mean well they can't really hear each other because Porco yells back at him you didn't get me my engine quit but Curtis doesn't hear him
2: yeah but they they hear <laughs> he does he just doesn't care they hear some <laughs> they, they are
1: communicating by talking in the air it's ridiculous but it's fine it's a silly movie anyway and then uh, yeah he, he gets shot down uh, The our, our friend Curtis finds a piece of evidence a little red I was thinking that in the original you can just call him an American and that's all you need but then in the English dub you need to be more specific sure. about what kind of american he is so they give him this this texas accent in and order it's not
3: to, even a texas accent you know, I don't know. It's a,
1: you know it's a cowboy talk it's cowboy talk moises that's really what it is he's like yeah. a cowboy thing it's, it's, it's
3: about as, it's about as texan as ewan mcgregor's well gosh i'm from the I don't south mean an accurate
1: texan accent i mean a movie <laughs> texan accent
3: which it is it is the
1: quintessential movie texas which is like movie german in that it's wrong but it, that's what it is uh anyway so there he's been shot down um fortunately he we very quickly like he he basically calls uh calls back well, G- to gina's Tina. gonna go look for, gina's gonna go look for yes. him because he's she been goes missing on her boat a and then leaps but then off then She her boat. jumps
4: back <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: because he's he's calling from italy because he was already on his way before he got shot down to milan to get his plane repaired and now that he's been shot down and and hidden under the the plants and stuff uh as as uh the 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 american finds his little uh, trophy his little proof that he shot him down um then he makes his way uh to milan and that's the and she's and she says which is important she's like you're in italy but you're wanted there you're a wanted
4: man there so that leads us into our next section which is uh fixing the plane in i, I italy. think his excuse by the way that he's wanted in italy is that laws don't apply to pigs and he's got a point
2: yeah that's yeah. true yeah, well and that yeah a little bit earlier he's at the bank paying off his loan and uh, you know dropping off his 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 earnings and uh, the guy asks him how about helping out the people with a patriot bond and his response is do I look like a person? <laughs> Which, yeah, <laughs> it, You know, for, if we want to descend into why he's turned into a pig, I think that's it in a nutshell yeah. right there is his war experience and and everything that's come after has just caused him to totally disassociate from humanity. And it's got all these benefits, like not having to buy Patriot bots. Yeah. And,
0: and
4: then Gina, Gina is yelling at him about, all oh, you're in Italy, you're going to get caught or whatever. And, this, and the, subtitles, the subtitles say, you'll get roasted, which I think is a little cruel. Yikes. It's a little on the nose. Yikes. All right. Well. <laughs> so now we are we we are the mechanic and his granddaughter it's time for casual sexism yeah
0: it's, well it,
3: here comes here comes casual it's sexism it's not very
0: casual actually it's very yeah. purposeful well, but it's casual
4: in that everyone is open about it and the poor girl cheerfully endures it as if I, I don't know what this movie is saying in this part I always found it off-putting that like yes okay we get like the the, the message the movie clearly has a message here that like oh Porco is wrong uh, because he's sexist but on the other hand he's she's a just sexist like, pig oh, well, John
1: oh, I get it. i
4: know it's right there but then you know and all the women come and he doubts them and eventually but it's like it's not he has not learned his lesson he continues no. to be sexist yes and uh, the, and the girl just cheerfully endures it the entire time and i'm like is this what the lesson we're supposed to take you're supposed to cheerfully endure sexism and you'll be successful
2: does he continue to be sexist because really what he's doing later on i think is more trying to protect her honor in the more traditional sense
4: but it doesn't seem like he learns his lesson, huh? Maybe I shouldn't have assumed that women can't do anything.
3: He never has that moment. It, well, it, I, I don't. I don't think that he. Well, he doesn't have that moment. But I don't think that. I don't think that the movie lacks a recognition for he was wrong. He recognizes that he was wrong, um, and he is. Um, he is passive about acknowledging the fact that he was wrong. Um, so, I mean, it, it is not as blatant as like, you know, I don't know, a DreamWorks movie going, get it. I was wrong. But see, the thing is it's
4: stuck in the, it's stuck in the mindset that's also in Castle in the Sky where there's this, yeah. uh, um, this, uh, this reverence of women by all the tough characters in the movie, which seems like it's not being sexist, but totally is because no. it's putting them up on a pedestal and yeah. worship them, worshiping and fearing them. And that I feel like it's baked into the early, early studio Ghibli stuff, in a way mm-hmm. that the filmmakers were not aware of, because from their perspective, it's just adorable, and it shows right. how good-hearted they are. But it is very off-putting from a modern perspective.
2: To be fair, this is set in the 30s, not yeah. exactly. I know, a
4: I know, I'm saying, but it. it was not made well, in the 30s. Yeah, but this—that's exactly <laughs> no. it. It's, it. It's the movie is aware
1: that they're sexist. I mean, he literally is called you know, don't be such a pig several times, and it's all about his attitude toward women. And the movie is like, you know aware of that and that's good but yet there are things in the movie that are themselves
4: revealed to be sexist i mean some of the dialogue like thank you for trusting a woman <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like yeah. okay yeah.
1: that's it, it's or, like or,
4: or even like what is it forgive us for using women's hands to make a war plan because women's hands are too good again putting a woman on the pedestal yeah. women's hands are too good to make a war yeah, plan. So level- and- they're levels
0: yeah yeah i i do think that the notion that that a uh, 17 year old Anybody would be a fl- you know an aeronautical engineer of such great prowess would you know would be met with disbelief um, to begin with. But I like I sort of like how she says is it because. I'm seventeen, or because I'm a woman, you know. And he's like, "Well, it's
4: it's both. It's, it's both." Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, think, I think his response is
0: something like seventeen. Like, <laughs> 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 although
1: although they give her right back, right? Which is like you flew at seventeen, right? Yeah. yeah uh, exactly. Well, so maybe you should give me some credit here. And she is a fun, spunky character, and she does it, and she is a genius, and it's all fine. But but yeah, it does it does feel like the movie is is like, oh, look at the sexism, and then also also is sexist in its own way
4: and it, and it brings in the women like like that's the most pointed scene where it brings like all the men are gone or dead or whatever and so who's going to build this plane all the yeah. women are going to do it and it's the most can-do moment i love that so much i love like all
1: the men are gone they had to look elsewhere for work all the all the women come in there are the they're the old ladies who come in and all of that and uh there's that whole extended it's like right out of uh I was thinking of, like, in the A-Team, there was always the montage where they built something. Mm-hmm. This is that. <laughs> extend. It's an extended, uh, moms and old ladies build
4: an airplane. And I love it. It's adorable. It's yeah. great. Not only is it, as usual, he's not only does he enjoy rendering the outsides of all these planes, but also the insides and the controls and how they all connect together and the blueprints and, you know, see also the wind rises.
1: I like how cool the uh, grandfather is here. He's just like, he's ca- counting the money and saying how much mm-hmm. he's going to owe you. And like my, my granddaughter's going to do it. And, he, and again, every time he's like, he pushes back, he's like, yeah, don't be a pig. It'll be fine. And uh, it is fine, but uh, I like that he just is is cool about it. He's like, "All right, it's fine. We're gonna we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Give me all your money, please."
0: Yeah.
1: He works in a loan too. He's like, "Oh, you're short, but I'll give you a loan." Yeah. So now he's getting just in a loan too. He's quite the crime Every Lord. opportunity he has to say, "I'll give you a discount," he does not give him a discount. <laughs> <laughs> so I can give you a loan. I can cut you here. You can owe me for that
0: later. When uh, there's the scene with the paying off all the bills and the and the granddaughter. She obviously has the uh, DNA there mm-hmm. where she says, Ah, oh, I should have padded all the bills. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
4: A rookie mistake.
0: We screwed <laughs> Rook- up.
4: <laughs> so I just, I just realized I should have charged more. So
1: we get a scene where he goes to the movie theater um, and watches a cartoon about a flying pig. A, car- a cartoon in
4: a cartoon, which yes. is, cartoon is really done. But oh. here you go.
3: It's so good. It is so authentically Windsor McKay rubber bandy yep. elastic. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
4: You, and you know, you know, like that's in there because a bunch of animation nuts are making an animated movie. Like to get an opportunity to do homages to your favorite animators <laughs> within your own animated movie, yes. that means you get to draw that stuff on yeah. an angle on a movie screen
3: i can imagine miyazaki pitching it to his animator team of and then we're going to do a tribute to gertie the dinosaur and they get very excited and then he goes and i'm going to do the whole thing myself and they're like, <laughs> oh, okay
1: this is him meeting his friend ferrari who is going to give him information that the fascist secret police are following him um and include some really snappy dialogue you know they got it in for you you're wanted but the best part is the exchange where he says man this movie stinks i'd rather be a pig than a fascist and it's give give my regards to the guys ferrari this movie's great like (laughs) they got they disagree on the movie and i just thought it was really funny and then on the way back from the movie theater he is followed by the
4: uh fascist secret police so they're out there yeah i mean he, it's a good thing he doesn't look suspicious always wearing those sunglasses that yeah. have that trench coat
2: <laughs> well it is interesting that nobody finds it suspicious that
4: there's a pig in a suit walking around Milan. Um. <laughs> it might be a tip well that's how they you know cover, you cover the ears and it could just be a man with an unfortunate nose yeah yeah so they gotta leave because the secret
1: police are are outside and they're gonna and they're gonna come in um fio the girl rigs
4: up a little seat take they take out a machine gun her butt is large her D- don't forget she, she drives by in the truck when he comes out of the movie yes. theater and rather than rescuing him in the truck she just steps aside and lets him take let lets him seat. drive yeah yeah although he does do some really good driving
1: to get away from the secret police mm-hmm. um he does he does some trick driving there um she wants to go with him um, he says, no, you can't do that. I am a known womanizer. I live in a deserted island <laughs> in a small tent. And she says, I love camping. Your Your honor, you couldn't be alone with me. And in a clever moment, I'm going along as your hostage. So that why, right. way everybody mm-hmm. else can blame. Uh, that's why they worked for you is that you took me hostage and threatened me. And then we get our thrilling uh, ride down various narrow canals, canals with a plane mm-hmm. that he's unsure whether he's going to be able to take off. And
4: uh it's uh it's very exciting and you got all you know, the women holding the plane back while the engines oh, are it's going so good. and let it go out and they and they the secret police start to fire
1: on them and then he, and the mm, machine yeah. gun goes off and then they're like oh I'm out of here no
4: <laughs> I love it though he
2: turns the plane just by holding the rope that's stretched out to the building yep, yep. and rotates it's it that ba- way and then let's move. go. It's great. <laughs> oh.
4: well, it's, I mean, it's what you would presumably do in that situation. It's just, it's interesting to see that animated. And also the huge plume of water that's coming up from behind the plane as it goes down the canal mm-hmm. in the middle oh, yeah. of the city. And splashing I, people. I think one of my favorite moments is the guy that just falls over
2: on his bike when the <laughs> plume of water shoots up and he just goes thud straight yep. over to the side. There's a couple of good thuds in this movie. Yeah. And it
1: does a little, they, there's a boat coming the other way and it's like, oh, and they do like there a little bunny hop.
2: Mm-hmm. But they're not
1: up yet. They eventually, they eventually take off, and uh, and and Ferrari is is now flying and saying, "Oh, they're going to come and get you." But I'll tell you how to get out of here. And and they, you know, and they escape from Italy. You know, whew. now he's got a new plane. He's ready to go. He's back in business, but no, with no money and with a sidekick.
0: No. <laughs> it doesn't last for very long. Either. No. no,
1: Curtis is a genus island in the in the. Uh, in a very weird scene out in the garden where he quotes from a screenplay <laughs> that he wrote, The Rose of the Adriatic. And he said, but they now they're gonna produce it and they want me to be the star and then I'll be the president of the United
4: States. Oh, I mean, that's how <laughs> it works. Uh, Ronald Reagan has any uh, lesson. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she reveals that she has a bet that a certain man will come into her garden and they'll fall in love, but he only comes to my restaurant at night and never shows his face in the daylight. Ha, <gasps> who could it be? Mm. Yeah.
4: It's not Curtis, that's for sure. No, she only has eyes for swine. She admires Curtis's spunk, but no. I hate spunk.
2: Now that the three humans are out of the way, she's going (laughs) for the pig. Go for the pig. (laughs)
4: Uh,
1: There's a flashback to her with him when he was a boy and human, and uh, the, uh, what is it, the, the plane... Or is the ship the Adriano? It's like the plane's the Adriano, Adriano, like the I think they're
0: both. I think they and then the ship is also the Adriano branded. Yeah, Yeah, they
3: they have a whole franchise going.
4: We get lots and lots of great watercolor clouds in here, (laughs) and her being terrified and her in her sundress of taking off on this rickety looking plane. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, we get the classic bloomer shot,
0: yeah, (laughs) pantaloons. Sure,
4: (laughs) yep.
1: Uh, love is a little bit more complicated here than it is in America, she tells Curtis. So, so true. Have fun in Hollywood, little boy. But bad news, the government is teaming up with the pirates or something, and Porco Rosso is going to be out of business. No more bounty hunting. So uh, fa- I enjoyed the Michael Keaton Reline reading in the dub, which is, uh, farewell to the Adriatic and the days of wild abandon. What is
4: that, Shakespeare? No,
1: it's Porco.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think in the in the subtitles, they're like, yeah. who said that? He said, I did, just now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just now. Yeah, it's, it's good me. either way
2: so is that Byron no it's me
1: it's <laughs> me I did that uh, I, I like that he gets a little poetic about it, like it's the end but he goes he goes back to the little island unfortunately
2: uh, his the hideout wasn't such a good hideout uh, after no, yeah.
4: first he gets he gets refueled and then he pays yes. overpays for the gas and explains that you gotta overpay because mm-hmm. everyone's gotta eat yes. and we'll get it coming the other way yeah, like feo. it's the sort of the the economic catastrophe in the post war Adriatic air pirate economy yep. is really just he's got he's just trying to pay it forward, uh, you know, but he but he but he brings Fio a drink though, so that's well, that's, nice. that's why
2: you expect to get more for a uh, you know a bunch of school kids.
4: And there's the the, the, cr- <laughs> the crank the cranky boy who comes out on the boat to refuel the plane. Mm-hmm. And a lot of <laughs> nice and he's touches. like, Girls are dumb.
3: She doesn't even understand that the gas is
4: not
2: watered be, down and she's like
3: yeah 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 stop your yap and do your work yeah
4: we have our yeah it's good it's good gas it's not watered down like in italy that's true does she get like a yeah, watered down does she get like a lemonade or something another one of those uh, studio ghibli food drinks if you like i can imagine that hit the spot when she's been out there on the sea waiting for him to come yep. back standing oh, on yeah. the wing in her long flight pants and she gets like the the lemon drink in the clear glass bottle Okay, so
1: the pirates find the island, and they're going to destroy the plane, except it's a work of art. You can't do that.
4: They're all hiding in the tent like clowns at a clown
1: my, car. My, gra- yes. yeah. <laughs> my grandfather says seaplane pilots are the best. Both the ocean and the sky purify their hearts. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I guess we won't yeah. destroy it after all. And then Curtis is up on a rock, and he's like, Ha-ha, I followed y'all.
4: <laughs> He's, he's in he's in the crack
3: i'm gonna oh. i'm gonna do me a somersault uh, i
1: hate that guy how can you hate him he's such a guileless buffoon yeah he's... well he is a buffoon but he's like, the american uh he's the worst so uh they decide <laughs> logically that it's going to be the way we can solve all of this is that curtis and porka will just fight Have okay an air
4: battle a, a fair air battle this yes, time or...
1: this time sure. fair and uh if if porka wins all of his debts will be relieved And if uh, Curtis wins,
4: he'll marry Fia. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because she's just property to be wagered. (laughs) What? And she
3: agrees. She agrees to it. And in in Gina's garden, they made this whole deal about how, oh, Americans fall in love all the time. Uh, And uh, I I guess they were right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and,
4: And also every single air pilot is in love with her as well. Yeah. Sure. And fearing her. Fearing her and being in love with her at the same time. Because women are to be feared and adored. He by. wants to take
1: her away to America, which is silly, and this is why the air pirates should be upset by this, because she should be the queen of the air pirates because she can fix all their planes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's she's yeah. the most valuable thing to come to drop into the Adriatic in a long time. I mean, uh, <laughs> but
4: her
3: prices are a little high.
1: Yeah, but instead they're gonna take her he's gonna take her away to Hollywood? Come on.
3: Yeah. I mean she, she should she should inherit the mantle of Mama Ayuti like the dread pirate roberts <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll just work out a hostage deal with some little kids and that'll that'll okay all right that'll be fine
2: primed properly that'll <laughs> be fine plus also sometimes she just you know out of the blue strips down to her skivvies and goes for a swim yep so why what why, you did.
1: why did you turn into a pig the question is asked <laughs> and we learn about captain marco rossellini my father served with him uh and the speculation about what if you know what if a girl. What if I kissed you like a girl? The girl who kissed the frog, and he turned into a prince. And he's like, mm, "That'll never work." It's and like we get it's not that kind of movie. Kid. We get that. We get the flashback <laughs> of the last year of the war. His best pal, Mary Gina. He was the best man, but they immediately had to go, and we in a, the world's worst dogfight, and everybody died except for Porco Rosso himself, or, or maybe he did, yeah. or maybe he did really because he ahead. he flies
4: into a cloud, and it's like heaven, and he's just it above the cloud. He's in plain
1: heaven. We've seen plain
4: heaven before, and, and when or after, and wind rises. Right? Yeah.
1: So yeah. he sees a band of white above like a contrail or something but it is all of the other planes of all the other flyers who have ever died in their planes Yes,
0: all planes go to heaven and
1: all, all planes go well they go up <laughs> toward heaven to the heavens uh and then his uh his pals are all uh ascending to uh yep. to uh to to heaven because they're they're also dead except for uh except for marco
2: yeah in a fairly touching moment, he sees Berlini uh, ascending in his plane, and he offers to go in his stead uh, because he's just married Gina, right. which I think is very sweet. But that's not how it works. It's not how it works. <laughs> you're not dead. You're just here to see this awful thing, so that uh, when you descend back to earth, you will uh, you, you will take the message that you're intended to, think to think fly alone forever.
1: Yes, as a pig. <laughs> that's right. While all your as friends are in flying
2: in plain heaven. Right. Yeah that's pretty much it She <laughs> sure. described it that's <laughs> but that's not the rich. story that's not the story of how he turned into a pig that's just a long story that we don't hear
4: this is that's a story, this is the story how he story. became very sad yes right
2: but this is this is the story he tells when he wants her to go to sleep but it's not the same thing as how he turned
3: into yeah. a pig that's a completely separate thing you don't need to know about no. that she, she's like maybe if i slow play it he'll tell me the actual story she gets her hopes up and she's like oh okay. he's gonna tell me the story he's gonna tell me the story and then he goes and this is why i'm a real sad pig Mm-hmm. She goes. Oh, I'm just going to go to sleep. She gives him <laughs> yeah. a kiss on the cheek, and she, she runs she back into her and sleeping runs, bag.
2: Runs yep. and hides in her sleeping bag. Yep. My suspicion, though, is that this really is the story of how he turned into a pig yes. Because I think so. He's seen some stuff. He, he and, has. Uh, it's 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 turned him. It's turned him into a not quite a human. He's he, a sad. He doesn't pick. want to be part of that scene anymore. No. Which is why he's not a killer, and why sometimes just sometimes when you wake up in the middle of the night or you know mm-hmm. he drops his guard sometimes he kind of still looks like a man because oh. it's really just a facade but uh, yeah. Yeah. you
4: can, you can see echoes of a lot of things done in this movie Other movie obviously there's connections to Wind Rises also right. for Howl's Moving Castle looking at somebody and they appear different depending on you know what sure. their, what your mental state is or what their mental state is right. spirited
2: away yeah. is that cat talking yeah
4: the people uh, turning into is pigs that pig a man?
1: yeah so uh fight time a lot of people there to see it. It's going to be big. Place your bets.
4: It's a big business.
0: I say, like one thing I also like about Miyazaki is he he likes boats a lot too. Not True. as much as planes, but he has a lot of boats. A lot of boats. And
1: a lot of boats. I a lot of planes.
0: A lot of different kinds of boats. Mm-hmm. Boats are the planes of the sea. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and he gets a chance to take a shot, but he won't shoot the pilot, just the plane, because I think he knows that there are so many pilots up in uh, plane heaven already.
4: Uh, so he's got to try to take out the plane without killing uh Dummel Curtis which they have they have the audience explain or someone explains he's waiting to shoot like so the yes. audience understands why he's not taking the shot which yep. I'm not sure why the audience would know that but there there's some as you know Bob's going yes, on here yes
1: sure Gina <laughs> gets an alert that from Ferrari that the Italians know about the fight get the pig out of there before the Italians come to break it up uh his uh Porco's machine gun is jammed so he can't shoot uh, meanwhile, Curtis has used all of his bullets, and therefore the fight is a stalemate. So they start throwing they throw stuff. things at each they other.
4: Start Wait, is he out of bullets, <laughs> or does his
2: gun jam at the same time? The impression yes. I got is that both their guns
4: coincidentally ah, jammed Yeah, They both, the both jammed, and yeah. then they're just flying alongside each other, throwing wrenches and whatever yeah. they can find in the. Somebody cabin. says that he he ran out of bullets, but either way, they can't shoot
1: anymore, and so they throw stuff at each other, uh, which is funny.
0: I, I did wonder if that was like somehow. Uh, supernatural yes. you know like moment mm-hmm. that uh, something was co- keeping them from shooting from shooting period, each other and-
3: yeah like th- throwing wrenches from plane to plane is so very Max Fleischer <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's up there with talking takes, from plane to plane. First he takes his handgun and
3: Porco's like, aha, you'll never hit me with
1: that. And then the whole, there's a hole right next to him. And he's like, oh, uh. Whoop. go!" No.
2: <laughs> mm. Well, then he tosses the wrench and he hits him and his head goes straight back.
4: Yep. Yeah, because Curtis was reloading the gun. And so Porco had thrown a piece of shrapnel way ahead of the plane and it right. came wrapped back around and hit him in the face. It's yep. very, very ridiculous. It's, yep. that's funny. So they,
1: they, yeah. they come back in and they just start punching each other. And, they, and they're, they're punching each other for a while and we cut away and then we cut back and now they're monstrously uh, like black and blue and with teeth, all their yeah. teeth are being knocked yeah, out. No, no and-
4: spoilers, but, but a very popular modern day video game basically ripped off this scene for the climax of the game. I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for anybody, but there is a very gruesome fist fight in Waste Deep Water.
0: It's a really big, it's a boxing match at the yeah. end. Yes, it is. I, they, they, oh, they, they have count to a, ten
4: and, and a bell.
0: Yeah. They have Rams. And the ref
4: is in the water too. I think they brought a bro- boxing ref to this air battle. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I mean, it's 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 a pure Popeye and Bluto fight. But you know, the body types are reversed. But otherwise, it's literally uh, it's it's Popeye and Bluto and Gina's the spinach. <laughs> yeah,
4: they have, I like to have the two chairs with the prizes on them. One prize, of course, being the girl, and the uh-huh. other prize being a comical bag money. full of money with, <laughs> with a dollar, dollar sign on, on it. it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in, in the subs, they actually call it out. Somebody says, they're going to fight. Somebody find a bell. Yeah. yeah, and they must have gone and found a boxing ref at that same moment. I mean,
4: half of Italy is there. Yeah, so this is a, this is this is the place to be. Like this, these are this is a bloodthirsty yeah. lot here, coming to see two people fight each other in the air, presumably yeah. to the death, and then cheering on a fistfight. That's how the Italian Air Force heard about it.
2: And somebody suggests we could do this every week, and I'm thinking that's not a bad idea. The economy's in the dumper. This is a great way to, you know. Stick <laughs> if you've a lot
4: got people to who want to spend this much money on on uh, fights, you know, people have disposable income. You might as well just relieve them of it. I mean, we already know bullets don't hit people. It's
2: always going to end in fisticuffs. cuffs.
4: Unusual rule, <laughs> not usually
1: found in boxing, which is a- after they both are are laying down on the ground. <laughs> right. Uh, once you count to ten, it shifts to whoever gets up first wins. <laughs> yeah, and if they both don't get
4: up,
2: then they're both dead. Yep. Because no, no, <laughs> yeah, they're underwater at this point. Yeah. Well, he only got to nine when he stood up, so yeah. we don't know what would happen. We don't know, but say,
1: they say at one point, like whoever gets they up do first say that, will win, yes.
2: which yeah. I thought was an unusual no. rule for boxing, Definitely. but it's water Making boxing a... in, in the Adriatic. I don't know.
1: <laughs> sure. It's pirate yeah. water boxing. It's really overtime of a dogfight. The boxing overtime, it's like, which is not the same sport at all. Very much like taking penalty kicks, taking penalty kicks in soccer. It's like, that's not soccer. That's penalty kicks. It's a different (laughs) thing. Well, this is like that, which is like, well, okay, you tied it flying. So now punching. Yeah, this, okay. this
3: freelance, this freelance boxing ref was busy watering his garden and they're like, hey, come referee this kind of a fight. And he's like, "A he goes, OK, what are the rules? And they're like, "Uh, that's a good idea. You should come up with some rules. Adriatic rules. Adriatic, <laughs> Adriatic rules. rules. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Adriatic, Adriatic fight.
4: Rules. <laughs> OK. Over the course of this fight, I'm pretty sure both of them lose about half of their teeth. Yes. Yep. So they're yeah. going to have to use a lot of that uh whatever their prizes are to on dental work. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of teeth flying out in there.
1: So, uh he wins though. Porco gets up first. hooray And uh Gina's like, "Now okay, the Italians are here, so get out and come to my place. Drinks around the house." I guess the Italians aren't going to come to her place or I don't know. But anyway, yay, it's all over and Fio gives him uh a kiss. Goodbye. Oh, this is the moment, right? Like, oh, she said, "I want to give you a kiss, and maybe you'll be like the
2: Frog Prince." No, the the only result is he gets clocked in the head by the wing as it goes by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. which is another great thud moment. <laughs> but you get that moment where it's like, "Hey, what happened to your face,
1: <laughs> huh?" But we know we hear no more because now it's a voiceover from Theo in the future, and she says, mm. "I am now the president of the Piccolo Company, and the ho- I visit the hotel Adriano
2: regularly, and as how Gina's bet turned out." That's our secret. The end. Does the she end. not say in the dub that she never saw Marco again? I don't she no, doesn't she think she doesn't say. So. I didn't say it
0: in the dub. I don't no, think she so.
2: Absolutely says that in the subs. That's the first thing she says. I never saw him again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh oh Fio never sees Marco again. Right.
2: But yep. whether but that, Gina that strongly suggests, since she's a friend of Gina's, that, you know, that didn't I work mean, out. But, but. but
4: they show that I mean the final the final scene is the empty uh gazebo wherever she was staying. So the my, my assumption is that you know, Porco slash Marco comes back, finds her, and yeah. together they leave. And they don't say goodbye to Fio when that happens. And he dies under mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Exactly, sitting <laughs> at that bar, waiting
2: for her next victim. Well, the fact her that the, her little her little gazebo is empty certainly suggests that she's not out there waiting any longer. Right, but it's mm-hmm. but yeah. it's it's very interesting that she says she never in, in the one she never said she she never saw him again. But I guess that was a little too dark for the Disney folk.
4: Yeah, I mean, because I think I think Fio is off to you know off doing her things being and being friends the, with Gina, but. But, yeah. And
3: w- one of the various, I mean, abandoned in, in the history of Ghibli projects was that that uh, Miyazaki had interest in doing a sequel to oh, Porco Rosso. yeah, so Rosso. I-,
1: I wanted to mention this, because this is, this is um, I want to follow up a segment that I, I think I, I basically started with our Ponyo episode, where I said, <laughs> we got to the end of Ponyo, and Miyazaki was like, okay, here's my next project, Ponyo 2. And his producer would be like, um, maybe something else. Well, in the Wikipedia page for Porco Rosso, it suggests... That in 2011, uh, while if Ponyo was successful, he was also considering he basically went sequel sequel crazy while he was making Ponyo. And in addition to imagining a Ponyo sequel, he imagined Porco Rosso, The Last Sortie, which would have been set during the Spanish Civil War with Porco as a (laughs) veteran pilot. He was going to write the film and have someone else direct it. But again, I think perhaps somebody was like, let's not let's not let's not do that. (laughs) let's do something else instead so and he once went again, okay fine i'll make a really depressing movie like about the planes wind rises
4: then, then. Yeah, yeah, i would have right. taken i would have rather had porco rosso too he's frankly. like look i'm gonna draw airplanes either way you can't stop me
2: you don't want whimsical <laughs> flying pigs huh well how about consumption what do you like you enjoy that yeah
1: yeah so he, <laughs> i don't know he was just sequel wild there he was like "Ah, oh, i could make a sequel to ponyo i could make a sequel to porco rosso what if ponyo met Porco no no, we're moving on. We're moving on. Something <laughs> it's else. It's interesting,
4: like, it, none of none of the studio's output has really been bu- based on building franchises at all, which is very <laughs> right. unlike almost every powerful studio. His instincts to maybe tell more stories in his world make some kind of sense, because if you think about the Nausicaa uh, stuff, that, all the comics that he wrote, those things are tremendously long and have tons of different stories in them, and he's like, I make one movie, but this I've, I've got another two or three movies about these characters in them because so much more happens, but... Just It has never seemed to be the thing that the studio was doing. And honestly, it was probably a good idea not, not to get bogged down into any one of these worlds because we get just enough of them in each movie. I, I never left any of the end of these movies saying, I want another movie in this franchise. I always just want to see the next Miyazaki movie. I don't need to see a sequel to one of the existing ones.
1: So Porco Rosso, uh, last one we did because John apparently felt less excited by this one than others. Um, I'm curious, uh, having seen it all, what you all thought about it i will say i enjoyed it a lot i i thought that this was a delightful fun uh miyazaki movie and i would definitely put it i don't know i would rank it fairly high in that it is a just kind of a silly movie about a flying pig and it's got a lot of beautiful stuff in it and so i i enjoyed it but everybody else uh
2: let's start with steve what do you think overall uh i kind of love this um it's uh it's really nice after having just watched Ponyo and you know having gone through the whole canon and seen some of the really weird stuff uh, to go back to kind of a straightforward narrative after all that weirdness and this this was light and fun but I think because you know there's weirdness there but it's a, just a little twinge of weirdness the guy's a pig we aren't going to explain it um, there's a whole montage of pig people over the credits we're not going to explain that and because of that that weirdness felt kind of meaningful in a way that like the totally weird movies don't like all the all the crazy stuff in Ponyo like I don't even try to understand because it's pretty clear that he doesn't know what he's doing with it or or he doesn't seem to have a particular meaning behind it other than hey this is a cool idea but with this I feel like you know maybe there's a little message there and I'm I'm inspired to actually spend the time to figure out what it is and it may still be that there wasn't any particular intent in him having you know a pig man be the Protagonist of this <laughs> film, but um, you know, at least it's 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 more interesting for me to explore those sorts of things when it's not you know just crazy over the top weirdness. Um, but mostly, I just liked it because it was a hoot. It's it's just a fun little movie with crazy things that happen and funny pirates and. You know, there's a great scene where the Mama Yuto boss, um, you know, is taking a picture with Fio. Actually, all the pirates are, and he kicks everybody out of the way at the last second yep. so he can be in the picture alone with her, and I just laughed and laughed at that. Uh, I I just, I absolutely dug it. I I put it up there fairly high as well. Jean, what about you?
0: I, I liked it a lot. I I never have watched it before. Um, I think when I was watching, you know, a, a little binge of Miyazaki films when, you know, I first was introduced. I got to this one and I said, yeah, pig pilot during fascist Italy. Uh, no, can I find something more like Totoro again? <laughs> but I did want to, you know, catch up to it eventually. So I was glad to have that opportunity to watch it. And I was, you know, it. I think uh, I'm not the only person, you know, who had this like, eh, not really, doesn't really hook me in with that that premise. And I was expecting not to like it as much as I did. And I really, really liked it, I think, for some of the th- reasons Steve was pointing out, too. Like, you know, it's a story um, that I could follow. Yeah, There was the pig thing, but you sort of ignore that after a while. Um, and I I liked the historical setting. I liked... That um, it was wrestling with some bigger issues of the real world and uh, and of course it was totally beautiful. and I like planes and I like boats, so what's not to like about <laughs> this film?
1: What's not to like? Yeah, I think there's definitely a case to be made about the meaning of his being a pig, right Like you could argue that mm-hmm. it's a reflection of him and his guilt and his his trauma from the past and all of that and it, it is it's there to be to be considered. Um, if you don't want to just have it be like, there's a guy who's a pig, you can do that. And I like (laughs) that there's that extra layer there.
3: Moises, what do you think? This is fantastic. This is a whole lot of fun. We mentioned, you know, some of the quibbles to have with it and, you know, sexism issues and and so on. But, oh boy, are a lot of movies a lot worse about a lot more of those things. I, I think knowing the story of how it came together, where it was very much a, uh, we need to make some money. Um, because we could use some money, uh, and, and it evolved into this thing that he injected a lot of his personal politics about fascism and the rise of fascism and that sort of thing like that. That's his version of filler. That's my kind of filler. (laughs) Um, uh, but, but without going fully the direction that when people watch kingdom of dreams and madness, the documentary about the studio and him and Suzuki and Takahata, um, they watch that for the first time and they're like, Oh, Uncle Hayao is is kind of dark. Uh, he's kind of heavy metal. Um, you know, he, he didn't he didn't lean so hard into, you know, dark uh, kind of places that, for example, we get in The Wind Rises, um, but but still is able to touch on some of that important, serious stuff in a movie that is incredibly super cartoonishly Windsor McKay, Max Fleischer, early animation, goofy. I love this movie. I love it so much. I um, I I, I dig the character. Uh, I like that it ended with this movie, and Suzuki uh, talked him out of going sequel crazy with it. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, and before I ask John for his final thoughts, I would say that um, I I also really enjoyed it. I'd never seen it before, and uh, I don't know why there was something about it. I was like, oh, I don't know, the pig, you know, pig flying planes or whatever i just i I had some vision in my head of what this movie was and it wasn't that it was uh not a world with lots of animals flying planes there's just the one pig and uh (laughs) i uh yeah i also was delighted by it i think it looks great it is uh it is goofy and i enjoy that about it and uh and i like that it goes you know, the I need to get my plane fixed could have been like a plot element that goes for two minutes. And instead, it's an incredibly important part of the story in a fun way. And all the ladies come in to fix the plane. Uh, and so, yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. John, uh, bring us home. What are your thoughts about Porcaroso? Yeah. Why is
4: this
2: the worst?
4: Why it's is not, it? It's not the really bottom? the worst. I think it's I think Moises <laughs> uh, uh, nailed it in that, like. It's one of the lesser movies. Like, it's not as well known. It was bracketed by bigger movies. Uh, From my personal perspective, pretty much everything that I like a lot about this movie is done better or more in other movies that I like more, right? And in general, my taste tends towards the more serious. And this is much more in the vein of, like, I already said, Castle of Cagliostro or even, like, Future Boy Conan, uh, it's more of a kid's cartoon with some, a little bit few adult themes in it. And it's got whimsy, and it's beautiful, and it's got airplanes, right? But there's never really any sort of peril or drama. There's just a, a mid-grade ennui and uh, a little bit of uh, adult themes mixed in. And every one of these elements, like I said, that I like, I can pick out a movie that I like so much better in his own canon that has those elements in a package that is more palatable to me. It doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I just think it is a it's a bit more lightweight and if that's what you want from a Miyazaki movie like don't watch Nausicaa because it's not super lightweight right Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think it's not a bad movie but in my personal taste it's one that I rewatch not particularly often Um, and that when I think about Miyazaki movies you know even if I'm thinking about airplane Miyazaki movies my head is much more in the wind rises than this one I think until the wind rises came this probably would have ranked higher but when the wind rises came it pulled the last thing that Porcaroso had to itself, which is, you know, deep concentration on airplanes. Like, well, no, the wind rises is outdid you there, too. And it's super depressing, which is totally up my alley. So that's I mean putting this last is not a condemnation of the movie it is more just a reflection of my taste.
3: not depressing enough said john Syracusa. Uh, which yeah. <laughs> which
4: granted i say about a lot of television shows and movies as well It's just i mean i think me and uh, miyazaki would get get along together in this respect even though he makes these cheerful movies occasionally he's as we've seen from all his documentaries he's a miserable sob
3: C- can i can i ask a question uh uh professor Syracusa. um uh me in the back the annoying one um uh, d- does this mean we're, we're done watching Ghibli movies? Can we watch more Ghibli movies? Are we allowed?
4: Please allow some other students to ask questions. <laughs> <I'm sorry>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: No, yeah, we, there are more movies that this
4: studio has made. Some of which, I mean, I, I snuck in whisper of the heart because that's one of my all time favorites, even though it wasn't strictly directed by me as I Um, There are other movies that uh, fall into that category that were made by the studio that feature Miyazaki either tangentially or even perhaps not at all. But beyond that, there are also many more movies that I love that happen to be animated and made in Japan, so... Uh the beat goes on, but I feel like we've covered the the primary works of the canon. Uh, the main the Central state. Canon. And any movie that is that was a Miyazaki joint, we've covered. The animated classics.
1: I also want to go back and, and revisit maybe uh our overall thoughts about about Miyazaki having seen all of these movies, because I hadn't seen all of them when we did that first episode. Could that include a draft? But they're oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh no. Don't give me ideas. So, but yeah, there are like I, I, I saw gets um, he he co-wrote the screenplay for the Secret World of Arietti, which is a cute movie based on a book I read as a kid. So that that's kind of fun. Uh, there there are other things we can do about this, and also you know how do you live? It's uh it might happen. He's working on it. He's making it. Maybe this He's year. He's picking up maybe trash mostly year.
2: right now. He is old man mostly picking up trash,
1: just talking to people and picking up trash. We will find uh some way to continue this on, but this is eleven. Uh, Miyazaki features and I cannot believe it that we have we have reached the end for now but there it is Mm. Uh, but we went out with a flying pig people It was pretty good. Yep, yeah.
4: And he's still making movies. He's going to outlive us all. Watch out. Maybe. He'll just keep... He's got to retire. Trying smoking is a secret to longevity. Yeah, he's
1: going to retire a few thousand more times, but he'll yeah. just keep on making movies. That's a secret. Chain smoke and pick up trash. And pick up trash. That's right. And appear in uh, in Apple Maps uh, driving <laughs> uh, images. Just uh, and have annoying
3: journalists try to interrogate you with questions while you're picking up trash.
0: What
1: a life he lives. Um, but I, all that is left to do here for now is for me to thank my panelists, Gene McDonald. Thank you
0: thanks for having me
1: Chuyon.
3: thank you in the back Uh, I I gotta head out to Milan for uh, some repairs Uh
1: Steve Lutz (laughs) thank you watch out for Americans in the sun oh no and uh, John Syracuse thank you
4: like pigs I've gotta fly (laughs) and thanks to everybody out
1: there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable we will see you next time